I'm not going to apologize, but I'm sweating pretty bad up here. Eventually, it will show through this shirt. I think it already is, but don't make fun of me, all right? Because some of you have that same experience right now. You're just not standing in front of a group of people. Hey, you know, when I was a little kid, we used to sing this song. And I know we've been singing a lot today, but um, it, it, it went something like this. Um, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Somebody's singing parts over here. Hello. So evidently, you sang that song as well when you were growing up. Did you ever hear this part? Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. So you sang that song too. Well, there's a lot of places that the incredible songwriters that wrote that song drew inspiration from, but one of the places that they probably drew inspiration from was in Matthew chapter 5, which is where we started last week. So if you've got a Bible, you've got a, a device of some kind that you want to use to kind of follow along in Scripture, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. I've got about, I don't know, 60 or 70 minutes here of, of notes. Totally kidding. You'll be out of here in a few minutes. But Matthew chapter 5 is where we started a series last week called Summer at the Mount. Um, and we're going to really spend the whole summer looking at the Mount, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount, um, which is found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, uh, which is the first book of the New Testament. And we started last week looking at the idea of happiness and being blessed and what that really looked like. And so today we continue in Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. So we'll read a couple verses together here uh, and we'll, we'll be good. We don't have screens today, which we would normally have. So if you don't have a Bible or a device and somebody near you does, feel free just to lean over and just take it out of their hand. And you, No, I'm just kidding. All right. Matt, you're going to have to loosen up, folks. You're going to have to loosen up, all right? Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, this is what it says. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way... Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, there's two basic substances or two basic sources that are listed here and are kind of talked about. We're going to, we're going to reference each of those individually here. We're talking about light, first of all. He says, you're the light of the world. Uh, he says that when you, the light of the world, are shining, you are actually reflecting, not shining on your own. You're actually reflecting the goodness of God. And so when people see you and the light that you exhibit, they actually should glorify God based on the good deeds that you're doing. So the light that you're shining on situations, the light that you're shining, you're exposing or illuminating something. When people see you doing that, they should actually glorify God based on your action as the light of the world. Now, that's a pretty big idea. The second thing that's talked about here is salt. Now, my wife loves salt. She will cook with salt, and it'll be salty enough for everybody in the house except her. And then she sits down and takes out more salt and pours more salt on her, her food. And, I mean, if you tried to eat some of the food that she eats after she has salted and resalted and resalted again, you wouldn't want to eat it. Anybody else like that? A couple people, right? And those are the people that are retaining water really well right now. So... 
I am not. I'm not a salt drinker, so I'm sweating like a banshee up here, however a banshee sweats. But um, so we're looking at salt. Now, here's the thing about salt. This verse references the idea that salt could lose its saltiness, right? We read it said you're the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Now, here's what's interesting about that passage. Salt can't really lose its saltiness. It's a very simple compound. Some of you are big in science. Last week I did math. This week with science. Next week is social studies. But we talk about this idea of compounds and we're talking about sodium chloride, right? N-A-C-L. It's a very basic, simple compound and it really cannot lose its saltiness. Now, the only there, there are a few little things that can affect the salt and cause it to lose some of its flavor, but not its saltiness because salt is the compound. Salt is its identity. And so it can lose some of its flavor, but not necessarily its identity. It can't lose its saltiness. And so that's a big deal for us. So what is the writer talking about here? What would he be saying if if it loses its saltiness? What would that even matter? Salt was a big deal in the ancient culture because salt did many of the things that it does today. It flavors food. Salt can also be used to preserve food. But salt was also used as currency. That's actually where we get the word salary. Anybody ever been paid in salt? No, don't pay me in salt. All right. But that was where we would get that. It was the idea of currency. So it had a big place in ancient culture. And, and so this was this was a metaphor here that the, the, the listener would have totally understood that you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. So there is the idea that you have two very important jobs in the world. But really, both of these things are about one idea. Light and salt do the exact same thing. They influence something else. Right. Salt by itself. I mean, there aren't many sane, healthy people that just eat salt by itself. Now, I've seen people that eat salt on butter and those people are now dead. But otherwise, you don't just go and get a spoonful of salt and just start eating salt. The other thing is that you you use salt on something else. It flavors something else. Right. And light by itself is not really important because you have to actually use light to illuminate something or to kind of break through the darkness for you to fully realize that light even has a purpose. Because if you're in a well-lit room and you turn on the light on your cell phone, nobody really sees it. Those are my three boys at the Braves game. Nobody really sees the light there because you're in a well-lit room. But if I was in a dark room, if we were to go into the auditorium right now and I turned on the flashlight on my phone. Right now you can see it, but it's it's kind of a part of other light sources in this room. But if we were to go into a dark space, that light now has a greater purpose because it's influencing in the darkness, right? And so salt and light, they have greater purposes, but not by themselves. They actually have to be coupled with something else or affecting something else for you to truly realize its purpose. Let me give you a great example right here, okay? I'm a big, my family, my whole family is big popcorn eaters. Anybody like popcorn? We don't have any for you today, but we have popcorn up here for you to stare at and be hungry. So we're big popcorn. My God, that just smells good. All right. So we we have popcorn up here. The best popcorn is obviously movie popcorn. So you have popcorn. and, and, And if you eat popcorn, does anybody eat popcorn without butter, without salt? Get out right now. Leave. Turn around. The doors are open. Because if you do, actually what you're doing is you're just eating a piece of cardboard. But... If you take butter, let me just tell you a secret. You take butter, a stick of butter, not maybe a whole stick, but some of that stick of butter, depending on how healthy you are, and you put it in a bowl and you put it in the microwave and you melt it, 
And then you take that and you just pour it right over. Oh, my God, I'm having a moment up here, right? And then when you get done, now here's the trick. you got to put the butter on first because then what you can do is then take the salt and pour it on. And you know what it does? It sticks to the butter on the popcorn. If you just pour pop, salt on popcorn, it all goes to the bottom. And then what do you have to do? You have to be that guy that licks your finger and gets the salt off the bottom of the... Not, I don't do that. Trevor does that. I don't do that. But if you take popcorn and you put butter on it and then you put salt on it, I'm telling you, it's a heavenly experience to eat that kind of popcorn. I don't actually watch the movies. I just go and sit in dark rooms with strangers so they won't judge me for eating popcorn. That's really what I do. But you have popcorn. And, and here's, here's the great thing about popcorn. It needs the influence of salt to really be good, in my opinion. And here's the three different ways that we, as the salt of the earth, interact with the popcorn of the world. Okay? Stick with me in this metaphor. You're going to have to hang with me, all right? Here we go. This popcorn are the people in your lives who are outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. They're the people in your lives who need to be influenced by what you are, the salt of the earth. The one that God has entrusted with the message that says, hey, there's hope no matter how hopeless it seems. The hope in you, according to scripture. And so here's some people that I know. Here's some situations in my life. And here's what some of us do. This popcorn needs, desperately needs salt. Here's what some of us do. Done. We stay disengaged. We separate from the culture. We stick our head in the sand. We say, I can't, I can't engage in what's going on over here, even though I'm called to influence. Even though I'm called to affect change, I have to be in the world, but not of it. And so I cannot in any way fraternize with the popcorn... Because then the popcorn might get on me, and then I might be icky, and we've separated from the world. We've chosen, as our response of the salt of the earth, to stay in the container and do no good for anyone in our lives. This This is what Jesus said in John chapter 15, and this is where some of us get so messed up. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So what he's saying is, listen, if you were the popcorn, the popcorn would love you. But you're not. You're the salt. And so the popcorn hates you. Everybody with me in this metaphor? You're hanging with me right here? He says, but listen, they hated me first. You're not the first one that the popcorn hated. It hated me first. The popcorn wants to be good enough on its own. It wants to taste good with no help. Lights are coming on. Don't be distracted. Listen, it wants to be good enough on its own, but that's okay. Because everybody knows that popcorn needs a little salt. But instead, we say, nope, I'm going to stay over here in my own little container. I'm going to only have Christian friends. I'm only going to use ChristianMingle.com. I'm not going to use the other worldly ones. I'm not going to have any friends that don't go to the same church that I go to. I'm not going to have any friends that have anything to do with anything. They've got to actually sign a declaration of faith to come to my house on a Thursday night and say, I align myself with the teachings and the beliefs of this household. And so I will come now and be a part of this container, not in any way coming and connecting with the popcorn. And you laugh, but we're all guilty of that in some way. 
in some varying degree, we choose to define this divide and say, nope, I'm not going to influence. I'm going to stay separate. And so that's one of the ways that we interact with culture. The second way that some people who call themselves Christians interact with culture is by antagonizing the world. They pour so much salt on the popcorn that it just leaves a really bad taste in your mouth. Oh, God. That's what they do. I'm friends with a lot of these people on Facebook. And every time there's some news story that needs the Christian voice, they think they've been championed to speak for all Christians and God and the Bible. And if I'm not friends with them on Facebook, all I got to do is turn on the news. And they know which crazy wacko to interview to be the voice of Christians. And they say, hey, here's the world. It needs influencing. I'm the salt of the earth. Get you some of that. Nobody wants that. So we we either separate or we antagonize. We pick fights. We we pick fights. We, we, We read the scripture that says, judge not lest ye be judged. And we interpret that to mean, well, we're going to be judged. So now it's our job to judge everybody else. Right? Judge not lest you be judged. Should not breed in you meanness. It should stir in you compassion. There should be something that rises up in you that says, listen, I'm going to be judged by a guiltless creator, heavenly father, who could, in his righteousness, send me to an eternity away from him. And yet he sent Jesus. To stand in the middle on my behalf and to be judged for my sin. I am so thankful for that. And in response to my thankfulness, in response to the compassion shown to me, I'm going to be angry and bitter and vengeful and hateful. And I'm going to be mean spirited and I'm going to stick my finger in people's face and I'm going to call them names And I'm going to call them by the worst of what they could be or what they are. And by God, I'm going to be the salt of the earth. And it doesn't matter if they've got open wounds and hurts that need to be healed. I'm going to pour salt in them. And make them so ashamed of who they are. That when they leave me, they'll know. They'll know. Or. There's a third group. Popcorn needs flavor. It needs some interaction with the salt of the earth. And so we take that salt and we actually aren't salt anymore. We're popcorn. It's pretty cool, right? We quit being salt and we copy 
We separate ourselves, some of us. We antagonize others, some of us. We copy them. And we lose our uniqueness. What happens if salt loses its saltiness? In this circumstance, it becomes popcorn. Not because of a lack of salt. Because of a lack of understanding about our purpose. Yeah, the whole in the world, not of the world. I, I, I get that. But we say, no, I'm in it. I'm of it. I'm it. Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> verse 1 says this. I, de- I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, <clears throat> by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. The writer here is challenging all of us not to be conformed, not to become popcorn, but to realize our identity as the salt and be comfortable with that. And know that even as the salt, we have a place and a role with the popcorn. There's a job that we've been tasked to do, commanded to do, encouraged to do. And so we don't have to become more popcorn. We don't have to just keep being more and more popcorn so that when people look at us, they go, wow, look how they fit in and look how they're not judging and look how, man, they're so accepting of everything. That's not what I'm talking about with number two here. We were called in Matthew chapter 5 to be the salt of the earth. We were called to be the light of the world. And we're, ta- we're called as the light of the world not to hide that light. We're called not to, not to put it under a bowl, but to put it up on a lampstand so that everybody in the house can see. And remember the last part of that verse that we read. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If our purpose isn't to influence, then we're useless. If our purpose isn't to influence, then we're useless. And here's something else that I would say. There's nothing about following Jesus that calls for us to be mean. There's nothing that I read in the Bible that says following Jesus means I've got to be mean or hurtful or vindictive. There's nothing about following Jesus that means I've got to not influence. There's nothing about following Jesus that says, I've just got to just make sure they know and they've got it. There's nothing about following Jesus that says, I've got to make sure that everybody knows I'm the same as them. I'm called to shine the light that I have. I'm called to be salty. I'm called to influence those that I encounter. I'm called to Leave them walking away from me knowing that they've encountered the salt of the earth. Here's a couple of questions that I I have for me. These These are more challenging for me than probably for you. When people interact with me, do they leave with a good taste in their mouth? You don't even have to be a Christian to ask that question. When people encounter me, when they leave an experience with me, do they leave with a good taste in their mouth? Do they leave kind of feeling like, yeah, that was pretty good? Or they leave going, man, I don't want to ever hang out with that guy again. I don't want to ever talk to that guy. I don't want to ever experience him. I don't want to ever encounter. They leave with a good taste in their mouth. And then if I'm a Christ follower, something like this. Would their interaction with me make them more or less likely 
to be open to Christ? Would someone's interaction with me in person, online, in everyday life, in an email at work, on my Facebook or their Facebook news feed, Twitter timeline, Instagram, whatever, Google Plus, I don't think anybody uses that. Would anybody encounter me and be more or less open to Jesus Christ? Have I influenced them? Have I been salty? Have I been the light of the world? Have they looked at me in the light that I shine, seen my good deeds, and glorified the Father in heaven? When was the last time somebody interacted with you and glorified God because of it? When was the last time anybody interacted with me and glorified God because of it? So here's what I want you to do. In your worship guide that you received, there are some three by five note cards. If you don't have one, raise your hand. And we've got some people that are coming down the aisle and they've got some. There should be a pen there as well. Right over here on the, in the front left, guys, there's, there's several. There's a pen there as well. I want you to grab that, the white note card and the pen. There's one back there in the back and then a couple up here in the front. Catherine, right up here, or somebody, Chris. We got one right over here, one right there. Chris, as you're walking by, there's a couple right there in the middle. When you take that note card out, take a pen. We're going to do two things with this card before we close. You and I know, we know people. Maybe you once were one of these people. But we know people who have been on the receiving end of this. They've been so hurt by the church. They've been so hurt by Christians. So-called Christians, maybe. So here's what I want you to do. On the front of that card, I want you to write somebody's name that you know that's been hurt by the church. And guess what? It may even be your name. Just write somebody's first name. You don't even have to write their last name. First name. Steve, Joanna, Ashley, Sarah, whatever. Just a first name right on the front of that card that says, this is somebody I know that's been hurt by the church. They've been hurt by the salty people of the church who chose to just over-salt and add salt to the wounds and hurt them and just leaves a bad taste in their mouth. They've been hurt by that. Just write that person's name right on the front of the card. If it's your name, that's okay. And then... I want you to flip that card over. And on the back of that card, I want you to write somebody's name in your life who has not yet been wounded by the church. They're they're, they're not a believer. They're not a follower. Maybe this is your name, but they've not been wounded by the church. They're, They're open to some conversation about the gospel. They would be open to an interaction, a relationship that at some point along the way would open them up to spiritual conversations and things about God and things about faith. And so maybe there's somebody you know A different name, it can be your own if this is you and your place of life and kind of a faith walk. But you just write their first name. Somebody's name that you know maybe is in your life that they can be, could be influenced with the sake of the gospel. They've not been hurt by the gospel. Maybe they have, but not to a a, a degree that they're turned off, they're shut, shut out. So I'll give you a second there. You keep writing because I see a lot of heads still down. On the front of that card, you're writing somebody's name that's been hurt by the church. On the back, you're writing somebody's name that's still open to the influence of the gospel. And you're going to hold that card just for a moment. 
you're still writing, I'll give you another minute or so. Still people writing, I see that, that's fine. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at those names. You got two names on that card. Maybe just read that person's name, flip it over. Read the second person's name, maybe flip it back over. Look at those names two or three times. What if God is calling you to be salt to them? Both names. What if somebody that's been hurt, somebody that's, I mean, it's just been, it's been beat over their head. They're so shut off to the gospel. They're so shut off to anything about Jesus Christ, faith, spirituality in any way. They're shut off to that because of some interaction or multiple interactions in their past. And they are so shut off to that. What if God would use you as the salt of the earth, the light of the world, to just shine light into the darkness, to add a little flavor to their life, that when you walk away from them, That was different than the last time. That, that, that was something different than the other guy that talked to me. I mean, that, I, 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 something different there. That, that's, a, that's a little better taste. That's a little better flavor. That, that light illuminates something in me. I'm, I resonate with that. Maybe the other person, they're just, they're open. It, you've been a little separate. Maybe you haven't engaged there. Maybe you weren't really sure. Maybe you've actually kind of gone the opposite extreme and you've you kind of become exactly like them and you said no I, I realize my identity now is to say man I I just I just want to add a little flavor I just want to shine a little light what if God today is calling you calling me to be the salt of the earth the light of the world and to impact change to influence people here's what I want us to do we're just going to pray I'm just going to ask you to hold that card in your hand. Nobody else is looking at that card. Nobody else knows the names that you wrote. I just want to hold that card in your hand. And there's two prayers because some of you may have written your name on one side or the other. And if you did, I want you to pray this prayer. I'm going to pray it in a moment as well, but I just want you to pray this prayer. God, my name is on this card. I've been hurt by somebody or something in the past or... My name's on the other side and, you know, I'm still open. I'm still searching, but I just haven't really figured it all out. And, and so my name is here and I'm praying for you to send people my way who, who they're just going to add flavor to my life. They're just going to shine a little light into the places of my life that maybe I need to reevaluate. And so I'm asking you to send somebody my way. And for those of you that wrote other names, not your own name, here's the prayer we're going to pray. God, I got names on this card and I'm asking you to help me to be salt and to be light, to bring about influence, bring about change, to help others see you when they interact with me. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and just hold that card in your hand as we pray. God, today, I, I thank you so much that you have called us to this really unique space, that you want us to be salt and you want us to be light, and that a salt losing its saltiness is not actually about losing saltiness. It's just about not being flavorful. The identity is still the same. We're still called in that way, but God, we're just not fulfilling our purpose. And so God, today, I pray that you would help every one of us to recognize our identity, 
and the activity that you call us to, to influence and add flavor to those in our lives. We pray now for the names on these cards. I pray, first of all, for anybody in this room that wrote their own name. They wrote their name on the side of the card that says, I've been hurt. There's something about the experience that I've had with a Christian or the church in the past, and it's turned me off. But God, they're here today for some reason. Whatever brought them into this place, I pray now that your presence here, there would be some reassurance in their heart that maybe the people they interacted with don't really reflect you that much. And that there are people with a genuine desire to love them, to care for them, to just add flavor to their life, to live in community with them in some capacity. So today, God, I pray that you would help them to just open up a place in their heart that someone along the way could shine a little light into. Maybe they wrote their name on the backside of the card because they're still, they're still kind of seeking and searching. They're still trying to figure out what it is that you're calling them to. They're still trying to figure out who they are in you and who you are. And so God, today, I pray that you would send people their way just to add flavor, shine light, to be caring and compassionate, to help them process the things that they have questions about, to walk this road with you. God, for those of us that maybe we didn't write our own name down, but we wrote down the names of some people that we know, people in our family, people in our jobs, people that we live and do life with. God, today I pray for those people. I pray, God, for the people whose names are written on these cards, that, God, you would open their heart to you. Not to us, but to you. And God, as they do that, that you would allow us to step in and to be the tangible human experience that they have that reflects you. God, we would shine light in such a way that just illuminates, pierces the darkness, but it reflects you. We would be salt in such a way that it adds flavor. It's not bitter, it's not overbearing, but God, that it adds flavor. We would be what you've called us to be. I pray now for every one of us in this room that you would help us to fulfill our identity as salt and light and our purpose to add influence and bring influence into people's lives. I thank you now for the opportunity to serve you to live for you and to be what you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray.